touch that dial you're in the right place because i'm certain you're looking for not playing with lex and dan i'm lex i'm dan thank god i was about to touch that dial i don't know what this dial does because nothing has a dial anymore you don't want to know but this of course not playing the podcast where we watch movies that much of the world has seen but that one or both of us have missed in this case it's dan who has missed it because this season we are watching football films it's football season here at not playing and tonight's film is the blind side yeah dan what do you know about The Blind Side? Never saw it coming, I can tell you that. <laughs> hey! All right, okay. I do remember this, because this is fairly recent, within the last 10 2009. years. Okay, just 2009. Okay, just So within the last 11 years. <laughs> uh, I was really close. I know Sandra Bullock's in it. Yes, she is. Was she nominated for an Oscar for this? Nominated and won. And won, the Best okay. Actress Oscar. Yep. And this was a film that was nominated for Best Picture the first year that they bumped it from five to ten nominees. Oh, wow. Picture. That was that was ten years ago? That was 11 years ago? Ten years ago. 11 wow. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I know that it's about, I want to say, is it like they have like an adopted son or they adopt or foster a child who plays football, mm-hmm. who is African American, but they are white. Mm-hmm. And there's crying. <laughs> literally literally all i know she's like a you know football mom and they're you know it's emotional i don't know why do you know any of the other cast members i it's definitely one of those ones where i'm gonna see it and be like oh yeah that person's in it but i let this very moment what i am excited about is there's a redemption arc because we're gonna see somebody who we saw and hated in a different football movie oh god it's not james awesome in this football movie (laughs) no uh, it is not James Woods, but it is a different uh, actor who uh, is going to once again play play not a similar role, but a similar positional role, which doesn't really make any sense. Not a football position. Is Greg Kinnear in this? No. Okay. I don't, well, I, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That was just like a weird like thought bubble where like, I feel like maybe, but I, yeah. So you know that there's going to be a, a white family with a, a, a black fostered or adopted son. Are you aware, and before this moment, that this is based on a true there's, story? There's football in it, by the way. Yes, also true, but this is based on a true story. Do you know that? I think I did know that, um, as have been most, not all, but most of the, the football movies we have watched, I think. Uh, several, for sure. Several. Invincible, yes. Rudy, Rudy yes. But not uh, Varsity Blues, uh, Any Given Sunday, or uh, uh, Necessary Roughness. Friday Night Lights. That was, wasn't it? Also not. Oh, oh not. It, is, it is. It is. It is. It is based on yeah, true So about 100%. half of them. You're about half of them. About half. About half. Half That's pretty half. good. That's pretty good. I feel like sports movies, you can get away with that, right? Like, you have a yeah. lot of sports movies based on true stories. And uh, this one, I think, more than some of the others we've watched, is known for taking some liberties with the story and Hollywoodifying it in ways that offended or annoyed or disappointed the guy who it's based on. Oh, okay. Well, well mostly well, because instead of being his story, it's her it story. It's not really be his story. Exactly. Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, but a, a much lauded or lauded film. I don't know. Whichever pronunciation you prefer. I don't know. What's the volume like? Got those, <laughs> got those Oscar noms and wins and a, and a big cast. Uh, so you don't know anything else about it. I like this section to be more than five minutes long, but it, it might not be this time. <laughs> I feel like there's something with a minivan, but that's really, <laughs> that's neither okay. here nor there. 
I actually vividly remember the trailers for this uh, or the commercials for this movie. I kind of remember them because that was an era where we were watching a lot of television because like exactly. streaming had only just started. And I definitely remember seeing commercials. The message of the commercials wasn't just, hey, here's a, a, a young black man entering this white family, but here's an enormous man. yeah he's quite large like, yes that's he's huge compared to the normal sized family <laughs> normal seems that's potentially what the trailer played up yeah normal potentially seems a little pejorative there but you know mm. average average size family dan you and i are both very tall that's true but that's true and neither and neither no one would describe either of us as normal <laughs> that's right and uh he is way taller than we are that's all okay. i'm saying okay okay well, Dan, uh, the Oscars, the Academy thinks this is a good movie, and the open question is, will you? I don't know. I mean, 11 years on, we'll have to see. Again, it's one of those weird things where it doesn't seem like that long ago, and yet I do feel like there has been enough change in the culture mm. that th- there could be some very different uh, viewpoints on it. Like, I'm thinking of stuff like, you know, remember a couple of years ago even when um, when the Green Book won the best picture and that caused quite a bit of controversy probably for many similar reasons it sounds like in terms of where the focus of the story was and how accurate it was to the the events on which it was based and all of that you know so i i I would say that some controversy dogged the film right at at its release so not all of it can be blamed on the era some of it is just the way they chose to tell the story but you'll make your own call i listen i i like this movie i'll warn you ahead of time i like it okay uh do you know the author of the article on which the film is based personally no this is not a test (laughs) i think you will know when you see his name in the credits i can spoil it for you but what's the fun of that um lex you know the only thing that i wish going into this movie (laughs) yes dan a cure for the coronavirus and end to world hunger million dollars uh okay (laughs) but second only to those things third fourth only Mm -hmm. to those things would be that our dear listeners could watch this movie right along with us as though they were sitting beside us at a movie theater i'm told that's a thing or used to be dan i mean as long as they could sit six feet from us i would love that experience and like there is a way there is a way the movie is available right now for streaming uh by purchase at amazon you can rent Mm. it for like three or four bucks Uh, it's available at other fine streaming sites too it used to be on netflix is currently not but you know search around but Dan, how could they watch with us? How could they hear our commentary synced to the movie? Is that Whoa. even possible? Does the technology exist? That is possible. The heck you say. Technology is amazing. I will tell you that if they happen to be members of The Incomparable, they can download an exclusive commentary track that syncs up with the movie and then watch the movie and listen to our sparkling commentary. It's worth doing. How much would you pay for that, Lex? Would you pay, I don't know, $50 a month? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Well, guess what? You don't have to. You can pay as low as $5 a month to sign up to become a member of The Incomparable. I'd pay that too. Yeah, we got plans going up to $20 a month, and it comes with a host of other benefits, not just our commentary tracks, though those are clearly the best part. Among the other mm-hmm. things you can do are there's commentary tracks that the rest of The Incomparable has done for some movies. There is a, uh, a TPK live stream of the campaign that we're running right now that you can get access to as a member. There are bootleg tracks that you can download before the shows have been edited so you can like get it pumped right into your veins there's member special episodes throughout the year and of course there's access to the incomparable member slack where you can hang out with other members and mem- and panelists on the incomparable shoot the breeze 
make some new friends. It's great in this in this socially distant time. It's a nice place to have a little community there online. So all you have to do is go to theincomparable.com slash members, sign up today, choose your membership level, and then you even get to choose which shows you want to allocate your membership funds to. So maybe if you're feeling like it, if you're enjoying our commentaries, you could send a little money to Not Playing With Lex and Dan. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, we would. I had to pay for this movie rental, you people. <laughs> So, Dan, now I have the good news of telling you that you have seen The Blind Side. Indeed, I have. What'd you think? I have some conflicted feelings about this movie. Break it on down for me. Because I think I think it was well done for the most part. There's some good performances in it, like it's solid, really well made. Like it was funny at points. It was touching at points. I think what is tricky about it is so much of like my cynicism feels like it's creeping through and I can't tell how much I should pay attention to it because I, I described this at the beginning, I think, when I was talking about this, like, or maybe a little bit in the in the middle there, too. I think my concern being, like, that it feels like a movie designed to make white people feel good about themselves. Yeah. And so much of the movie is about them rather than him, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to say that they don't all play important parts here and, like, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I'm trying to balance that aspect of it because I'm not sure if I should feel good about this movie or not. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it, it's it's entertaining and it's enjoyable. And like I said, I, I do think that it it has some a touching nature to it. But I'm waiting for all the things that you're going to tell me about the context. Well, so here's the reality. It, to me, like, I agree with you that there is a challenge to this movie where it feels like it's, it's, it's white people porn, right? Like, look how nice this white family was to this young black man. Right. The reality is it is based on a true story. And he, like, a lot of it is true, right? He was a boy born into poverty. Lee Ann Tui brings him into her family and they adopt michael fully (laughs) they have the other two kids they work to get him into college they do help him push his uh, gpa up and like they did a good thing i think i believe the story yes the story definitely plays up look how great the twoies were yeah i do think that it does a nice job of showing look how great michael or is too like i really think they go out of the way to show that he is a decent human but you're right there is definitely something because you want to be i don't know i think the 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 hip word we use and as soon as i say that it's it loses all hipness but the hip word we use is woke right and the question that you have or at least i have this whole time is are we treating this in a a woke fashion and it's hard to tell sometimes now i think the movie tries like i think when when uh, leanne calls out her rich white friends for being crappy in various ways about her taking in the boy like we're clearly supposed to look down upon the various racist characters who appear including yeah, leanne's sure. own father the opposing football player the opposing football player's dad i think like, the, they the, are the biggest challenge from that though is outside of michael the other black characters are there there basically aren't any portrayed in a good light except for 
of any significance, right? Like we see his brother briefly. I, you know, never mm-hmm. hear from him again after that one scene of their sort of reunion. Yes. And, you know, we don't know anything about him. And then we have the rest of the people in there are essentially either his mother, who is a, a drug addict and, you know, certainly had problems that in, led to having to give him up. And all of the essentially gang members, right? Like our drug dealers, uh, you know, who live in his old neighborhood. Because I'm new to podcasting, I am nodding violently along with you because I think that's exactly it. Like to me, the single biggest issue this movie has is where are the other black people? Right. <laughs> and exactly. I think the point is there aren't supposed to be any at his school. Fine. I'll grant you that. There aren't supposed to be any at his high school. But why don't why doesn't he make time at least in movie magic why doesn't he see his brother again social why doesn't he have his brother over for dinner with the family yeah exactly or or like, why don't we get to see any other yeah i think you're exactly right i mean the closest is that other i think that other guy um david that we see briefly who he seems to like have a rapport with falls into the gang yeah and like but like yeah. that guy gets two scenes right he gets two seconds worth yes. and at the end we find out he's he died right like that's supposed to be him yes. and it's like yes all right i would like to know more about that i would like more context brought to that because that does seem like a you know it it, it flirts with telling a serious story there which is like kids who don't aren't lucky and don't get out and you know fall into a life of uh crime or you know being in a gang or whatever and and have these tragically short lives who were probably just as outstanding and uh you know wonderful people as michael is but we don't you know we don't take the time to learn about him because no white family adopted him and it's like well in that case whose lens are we viewing this through through right and so just yeah, so you know because i know yeah. you, were, you were waiting for me to do this michael Orr's birth mother really was a crack addict really did have 12 kids his father really was murdered, thrown off an overpass after being shot. Michael didn't know about his father being murdered for another three months. There was a, a Christian high school that he went to. The coach lobbied to get him accepted before he should when he didn't really deserve to do it. So a whole lot of it is is real. Oh, he even literally wrote that White Walls essay. Like oh, yeah. That, when they're reading that White Walls essay, that's the thing that Michael Orr wrote. Like they're mm. quoting it verbatim so a whole lot of the the moments are true i think the problems are like you said that were really it's they had to pick how to tell the story and they tell the story through leanne's eyes and i think that's probably right because leanne is communicative in a way that michael's character is not (laughs) like i think that that's their only move um well it's the only move that i can think of as a storyteller and how to do it but yes it is the whole thing in the movie, there's something weird about it. And by the way, it's true. He never had his own bed before. <laughs> before, like, because I, I really, I think that moment was even in the trailer. So, like, yes. I knew that moment was coming the first time that, I saw this yeah. movie. But she says, I never had one before. A room of your own, a bed. Yeah. Like, it was true. It actually happened. And I think that that's crazy. Well, um, it's something, like, I mean, obviously, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, to the point about what we were discussing before about the just the portrayals of various people, like, it's also just how, and I mean, you and I, are both from you know the the north for lack of a better term and right. you know uh, not to say that that the north you know northern states don't have their own e- terrible histories of racism and their own problems but you know it's a different it's it's it's, it's different right like the i'm thinking particularly like how segregated i feel like that town 
you know, the, the, they make it out in such a segregated fashion where like they go to the other side of town and the other side, oh, you don't go to the other side of town. And, you know, like even going to the clothing store and all that, like it feels very like divisive in the way that it's portrayed. And I, you know, again, it's the reality to a large extent, right? So like you can't divorce it from that entirely, but there are, you know, choices in how you film it and how you tell that story that you're right it's just there's something there's something kind of weird and uncomfortable and they make light of things about it like every once in a while and like i can't tell is this funny or is this not funny like (laughs) it's right it's right on that line sometimes and i yeah i don't know i mean like we talked a little bit about the beginning about how even like in 10 11 years like just the, the culture can shift and i think that you know i think there is a culture shift that happened in there and and you know certainly things like the black lives matter movement and of course all of the the extremely visible you know police killings and things like that that we've seen over the last 5 to 7 years or something like that's that has changed the conversation and it's changed the environment sure. in which you think about a lot of these things and so you know going back and seeing a like kind of a rosy colored view is harder to take without at least some grain of salt mm-hmm. Now, I, I do think that I think one of the reasons I like this movie is because every time I watch it, I then immediately Google like what really happened and so much of it really happened. And I think that a thing that this movie has unfairly going against it is uh, it's sort of like, you know, the way people talk about this um, crappy political and world situation we're in as we record this during the coronavirus pandemic that like there are so many twists and turns in the story that it seems unbelievable the truth is stranger than fiction yeah and i think that the truth of this is it feels very hollywoodish sure like they did hire that tutor uh she did tell them that she was a liberal the husband really did say we had a black son before we had a democrat friend wow uh he really was in the accident he really saved the brother uh, during the accident by stopping the airbag with his arm like all those things actually movie, movie wrote happened. itself <laughs> yeah i mean it so, uh, definitely had to be made into you, a movie yeah i mean well you alluded to me at the beginning that there were some things that were maybe either you know not exactly true or that the the you know real michael was not thrilled about like they tried to show it in the movie but i don't think they do a good job he wasn't uh, there wasn't really a gang situation he was never part of a gang life thing and they show that he is distanced from it but like that was not his scene he didn't tell his you know he didn't tell sandra bullock's character to stay in the car because he was worried he did tell her to stay in the car at a different time like when they were going clothes shopping he's like you don't want to get out in this neighborhood but like the there's and this is i think part of the problematic thing is to show how dangerous and bad his life was they like put him in the midst of gang life and that's where you see all the other black characters and he's like that wasn't my life some of the fish out of water stuff like the kids the other kids did not have his siblings did not have issues like getting accepted or having him be accepted at the school like he was everybody in the school thought it was awesome that this kid was there and like other hollywood moments like in a great montage that you i think mocked a little bit during the movie rightly sj the son (laughs) does not teach him how to play football he already knew how to play football the whole thing of you're protecting me and your mom and your family out there on the field michael orley says i was a super like high octane aggressive football player before i met the twoies and after i met the twoies Mm. the twoies did not teach me how to be good at football and that i feel like is like to me it's it's problematic 
and cinematic in the same way that like Michael J. Fox having invented rock and roll music. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Is also problematic. Like, yes, he already knew how to play football. That's okay that he did. It's okay that you have to teach him that. And I, to me, that's where I'm like, that gets a little bit, I don't know if the word is treacly or what, like there's just something that's like too whitewashing in that moment. Like yeah. they shouldn't be teaching. She shouldn't have to go on the field and say, it's like you're protecting your mom. No, you're playing football and you know the rules of football and this is how it works. And that's what I don't like. That's where I get objections. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think there is an, an element of like, I don't want to say dumbing him down because yeah. I'm not sure that like they show that he does have great, you know, intelligence and capacity to learn and all this stuff, but they do to a certain extent, dumb him down a little bit. And that, at least his communication skills and things like that. And that's harder to figure out if that's something again, that is serves only to elevate the, the white perspective of the movie. But it, I think that the trouble is fundamentally that it's like, <laughs> it's a very likable movie, right? Like, it has all the yes. ingredients of a movie that you're going to like in terms of like pulls on the heartstrings and it's got some good quippy lines and it's got a, you know, strong sassy character at the center of it. And all of that stuff feels very positive for the most part, but it's, it is, it is not without its problems. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. uh that's <laughs> a, a problematic fave, I guess is maybe the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, like you saw, he does get into the NFL when he was, in, he's no longer in the NFL. He retired. But when he was in the NFL, the Tuies would take a private jet to go see him play every game. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How rich are they? They're super rich, aren't they? Super rich. Yeah. Wow. And uh, interesting, like Michael Lord did not go to see the premiere of the movie. He was like, I'm not in a hurry to see it. I'll watch it eventually. I live the life. He did eventually see it. And he like, he objected to exactly what we were talking about. Like he didn't have to be taught those things. Um, that must be so weird. I can't imagine ever watching a movie yes. about my life. Like it just seemed, I can't, I, I literally have no way of even like formulating that idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, but so I do like the movie. I think Sandra Bullock's fantastic. Like there are movies where you see people do accents and it immediately takes you out out and like the accent is the character and here i don't feel like the accent is the character at all i think the accent it seems like that must be how sandra bullock always talks which is not the case yeah no she's really good she's really i, I don't want to underplay it like sandra bullock is really great yeah. here i i liked tim mcgraw i thought he was good and, like, and he's so different from his jerk of a character in front of that oh god yes it's like a, like a 180 um I, what's the the name of the actor who plays michael he is played by quentin aaron I, I thought he was good. He does a nice job. Like the movie simultaneously asks, like he even frustrates you a little bit in a way that I like. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, the movie the movie asks a lot of him in ways that are, I think, challenging for someone who is, as you mentioned, like, did he have any any acting experience? Before he had done this? a couple other things. He'd actually been. I don't know if you know the Michael Gondry movie, Be Kind Rewind. He had been in Michelle Gondry. Yes, I have seen that. Oh, is that really how you pronounce it? Who's He's that? French, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I love Be Kind Rewind, but the director never says, hi, my name is Michel Gondry. I've made a Swede, by the way. So <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I Sweded the Godfather. It's one of my finest hours. I'll send you a link. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, and post it in the show notes. I, maybe not that, but... But um, this was his first starring role. Okay. And he's done a decent number of things since then, too. Yeah. He had played football and he... Uh, I don't know, like, but he, I think I told you... Off, yeah, he was off Mike, that when he auditioned for this movie, he also had said, hey, he was working as a security guard. And he's like, if I don't get the part, I'm happy to be a security guard on the set. <laughs> right, right. Which I can only imagine helped him with getting the role. But he acts a lot. I think he, yeah, I think he did good because I think, I think the, um, the 
interesting part of it is that, like I said, this movie asks a lot in ways that if you were sort of an actor and this was sort of your first big major role, like it's challenging because it's like you have to communicate a lot without getting essentially the ability to he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, especially in the first half of the movie or so. Yes. And he has to yes. communicate a lot about this character who is at the center of this movie. And I think he does a great job with it. Like he's, he has that sort of soft spoken way about him. Like, it's not that he's afraid to talk up, you know, like we see later in the movie, like he speaks up and he speaks for himself. And that's, I think great. And like, it's just that he spends a lot of time seeming like he's passive, but like there's a lot going on underneath the surface. And that's kind of fascinating to watch. And he does a good job with it. Yeah, and I that's I think that's exactly right. He he doesn't have a lot to do sometimes other than to just emote or to you know to to let his face do all the work. And I think he kills it because you can see him in other stuff, and he's like totally affable. Like you could, it's the 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 thing that I like about this is you could see some of these actors and assume that that's how they always are, right? Right. That's Sandra Bullock's personality, and this is how, and that's not how the actor is, and that's not how they. I don't know. I just I I really do like the performance. I like how sweet the story is. Obviously. I don't know because I'm a sucker for those sorts of things. What they don't get into, and that really uh, is a bummer to all of it, and part of it, they, they couldn't get to this because it happened after the movie was made. Not a killer NFL career. Like, was drafted in the first round and had some great games, but really started to, ended up getting traded to a couple of teams and, and struggled. He did get to play in the Super Bowl, although his team didn't win. Hmm. And his career basically ended after he had spent a, most of his season on injured reserve uh, when he got... Uh, another concussion so he only played three games that season and then the next season failed physical and was done but he, he i mean he spent years in the nfl just like it was a less remarkable career that part was not the hollywood ending so they made the movie right. at exactly the right time sure well you know that's i mean he made millions do. and millions of dollars and and you know like i said he played in the super bowl which not many of us have done but i've only done uh, once I, mean, I have yeah but i don't know i there's so much about the movie that i really like and i i think i even like that it doesn't shy away from the fact that Yes, these are, are nice people who did a nice thing here who could do it because they were obscenely wealthy, like not just rich, not just affluent, but like incredibly wealthy. Like they show you their house sure. and they're like, yeah, we're super rich. We can do whatever we want. And I don't think that you can do that otherwise the way that they have done it, right? They took a person in and did all those things and put him, bought him a car and put him through like all those stuff. And I don't know. I just think that they are... I. I think it's a cool story, and I think that the movie does a decent job. It, like we've talked about, it makes some mistakes, but I think they do a decent job of not getting overly saccharine mm. about a story that is itself sweet. That's what I think I like about it. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I think I think they try to walk that line, and I think they mostly do it pretty well. I mean, it's, again, not without its issues. I mean, we, we briefly alluded, I don't remember if we talked about it at the pre-show or just in, during the commentary, but like the whole like green book situation from a couple of years ago. And it definitely has, there, there's some resonance I feel like with parts of that. And I think maybe that movie was more egregious in the departures and the liberties it took than this was potentially, but I can see why you might have a similar impression of this movie, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was, it was very likable. It was the least football movie of the football movies we watch. I would For argue. Sure. 
in that, you know, it's certainly not about football. Football just happens to be a big part of it. And in that sense, I definitely felt like I was more engaged with it because there is a deeper story there that's not just about a football team. And it was, you know, it's it succeeded in that way, right? Like it, it made a very solid movie that's essentially more about this guy and his family than about, you know, who wins or loses a game, right? Like, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, I'm glad to get to watch this one with you. We don't have that many movies left I know. this season of I not know. playing this we're, football. We're on season. like the third and nine. I don't know what's. <laughs> we're at the we're we're at the, we're at the one yard line. We're at, no, I don't think that's true. We have two left. the The movie that was the hardest for me to take off the list because I just didn't feel like I could subject you to too many football films was Remember the Titans. But uh, I think it's Disney Plus keeps recommending to me over and over again. So feel well, free it's to also watch the one I it's also the one I've seen. So oh, that's right. That's why we. That's why it. it's off the list. Okay. It's a good movie. But we are Marshall, which I often confuse in my head with Remember the Titans. That's what we're going to watch next week. So get ready all right i'm ready and i know some things about that but we'll we'll, we'll discuss that well dan it's been a pleasure as always Uh, so what what is your final rating of the film i don't think i actually know that it's do you like it it's yeah it was very likable like it was good it was entertaining i was engaged with it i think the biggest issue for me is just sort of again 11 years after this film came out thinking more about what the portrayal of it is and, and just you know, wanted to be able to think critically about whose perspective this is telling and what the story is in here like on the on the on the whole i would give it a, a thumbs up but it, it doesn't i think it requires you to be a little critical in just your thinking of it right like i don't think it's like a movie you just be like oh this is just amazing right like it was so nice of these people to take this kid in and all this stuff like i think you need to approach it with a bit more of a I don't want to say skeptical. That's not quite right, right? But like you gotta you gotta like look at the whole context, right? Like you gotta ask the questions before you think about it. Like I think the movie in and of itself, the way it's 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 made and the story it's telling is is good and and, and you know, it got it got to me. Like I, I think it, it has a lot of heart to it, but it it's not without its challenges. Yes. And I even though we're about to wrap it up, I do want to say, and I complained to you about it as we were watching, I do love when he's like a bed and he's never had a bed. Like that line hits me every time. But later on when she's like, that boy, you know, you're, you're really, you're changing that boy's life, Leanne. And she's like, no, he's changing mine. That part's too handy for me. And maybe it really mm-hmm. happened, but even then it's too handy for me. It's like, nope. And it's probably, it's, it's Hollywood that's ruined that kind of dialogue for me, but it just, that one always takes me out. Like, nope, that screenwriter, can't, can't handle it. But Dan, thank you. Listeners, thank you. We'll catch you next time on Not Playing. But Dan, you tell them. Until next time. Keep watching The Far Passes. Now it's a football movie. We're only... You were worried, listeners. An hour and 14 minutes in.